Welcome in, you were listening to another episode of keepthechange.co.nz's Money Mail. Still recovering from COVID, I've recorded the last two podcasts back to back, so bear with me if you notice that the voice is not how it normally is. Maybe it's all good. Anyway, we're getting through them, don't feel too bad. A big shame, Mike and I actually had a special treat planned for you. We are going to be going in studio, filming, recording, and doing a couple of pods, but... That was right smack bang, and when I couldn't leave my apartment due to COVID, so we've rescheduled that. That will happen for you, and we're looking forward to bringing you a couple of topics. We're just going to go change up how we do these and just go test something different and see what the feedback's like, see what the vibe's like for us, get some content out of it. Always looking for different ways to do things and and, and not overcomplicate things because I think the the thing that I've learned, I've probably done, well, I've easily be over 800 podcasts now across different different things. The the more barriers you put in place to getting content done, the harder it is to get content out. And I think that is the reason that a lot of people do not do any content when they have good things to say because they want it to be perfect. Now, um, that's a good example. We've said, let's go in the studio, let's go do it. We've we found this time and then it's like, okay, well, it's only this time that works and so it was hard already to, and it was a bit delayed and... Then I've got COVID, so now it's had to be pushed again. And then it's like, hey, do you have a JPEG image for this? There's just more variables that get in the way of stopping us actually doing the content. And if I if we didn't do it, the two topics we're going to be talking about, we could have probably already recorded, recorded them and have them out. So that is just a, a good lesson for you that don't let all of the layers of perfection or amazingness get in the way of actually just doing the thing you need to do to ensure you get to the outcome perfection and try to master all of that shit is often a great way to ensure that you do nothing at all and that is something that I try and remember I've tried to learn recently here for Next Advisory for instance we are doing a new form of marketing and we thought let's build a landing page to do all of this and that's just been months since we had that conversation I'm like you know what let's just get an ad out there and the same for people who are going to potentially start a side hustle or a business or whatnot I'll often say to people don't start it. Go and ask people, do you want it? Go and test the market first to see if the demand is there so you don't waste all this time and think, well, I need to get a logo. I need to get the perfect website. I just need to get my Instagram all sorted first and get my images and do all this shit and then try and launch it. Because you've got to do the launch at some stage anyway. So do the launch first and go, hey, do you want me to design a logo for your new business that you've started in the last two years? Do you want me to rebrand your business? Do you want me to come in and take headshots for all of your staff? Ask people, because you're going to have to do it anyway. So do that shit up front. Worry about perfection later. That's a little side tangent before we get into what is week number 132, I believe, of Keep the Change. Please, if you're listening to this, could you just stop for a second and if you're on Spotify go and smack the five-star button because we're at 297, 4.9 stars. Brutal. Someone didn't like me. That's what it is, I guess. Hey, that's life. You don't want to go around trying to be liked by everyone because it doesn't fucking work. Trust me on that one. 
please give this a five-star review if you haven't already because this is going to mean the content is going to get in front of more people. And do you know the awesome thing that's going on at the moment? So many people are starting podcasts. So many people. And we're getting into what I call the saturation point. And the cool thing about that is that, well, one thing that sucks is people are going to waste a whole heap of their time because they're not going to be committed. They're not going to actually be able to stick to it. They're not going to be able to do it. And they're going to give up. And they probably shouldn't actually start until they can commit in their mind to doing 100 episodes or getting everything out of their head that they want to uh, or expecting that they're not going to get anything back for it but the the thing that is good is that it drags more people into listening to podcasts because people go well I might go and listen to that one and then they might find keep the change they might find something else and that's probably how a number of you who are now listening have found this through someone else talking about it or um, through listening to one podcast and then the platforms are suggesting maybe go and to listen to this one because it could be similar. The The downside to saturation of a type of content is that people will get real over it and it has to be, you have to be like really good to, to win the audience and it's like, oh fuck, if you got a podcast, like, oh, of course you do. Oh yeah, cool man. Um, but you know, we've been out here tapping along for a long time now and there's a lot of valuable content for people to go back and learn from with this. So hopefully we'll win the war and we see people lose the battle and they get off the platform and they go, meh, but it just makes the platforms more and more crowded because there are just more pieces of content that people are trying to sift through to actually find some shit that's going to help them and change their life. So that said, if you really learn something from Keep the Change or something really speaks to you, it means the world to me if you put that on your Instagram or you do something with that or if you suggest that someone else listens to it because... There's always a nugget in content that can help change your life. And these things are designed to get you thinking and taking action and coming up with ideas and going, I might go down that path for 12 months and then come back and say, hey, this worked for me, this didn't, or what not. Not all of this content is going to be perfect for you, but there will always be pieces that will be, that will speak to you, that may encourage you to go and do something you otherwise may not have done. Now, you don't know what that piece could be for your friends, your family, or whoever, and you don't know what will resonate with them. So if you share something that's meaningful to you, that's usually the way that other people then see things and they get involved with different things that can improve their situation and their life as well. That said, let's get into this week, because this is about upping my KiwiSaver contributions, which is a uh, an interesting concept because at the moment the markets are going backwards, so I'm sort of buying on the way down. But this is something that I've spoken about a couple of times to all of you about I'm tossing up doing this and then um, the other day, you know, it's the, if you're if you're not actually taking action from this podcast, then stop listening. I've got to live into that too. I've got to then actually go and take that action. So I went and messaged my KiwiSaver provider and said, hey, I want to voluntarily start contributing a little bit more. Is this the way to do it? I've read on the website, this looks like it. And they said, yep, that's how you do it. I set up an automatic payment in my internet banking. I put that into my cash flow budget to see what's that going to do. And I started uh, I started paying it. Now I think I'm maybe four weeks in. So I voluntarily upped my KiwiSaver contributions. And you might want to know, well, why would you do this? And a few weeks ago, we talked about how they were thinking about in the country uh, adding a new levy, which is designed to protect us if we are to be made redundant. 
we'd receive 80% of our income for up to six months. And we spoke about this, we did a whole pot on it. Now, if this levy is introduced, it would be compulsory. It got me thinking about why something like that would be compulsory when a lot of people would never actually use it. A lot of people would never be made redundant in their life. So why the fuck do they have to contribute to this levy to help fund everybody else? But I guess that's just how the world works and how taxes and stuff work, right? But something like KiwiSaver, which impacts all of us because we're all going to hopefully retire at some stage, and we're going to want that cash, you know, it's voluntary. It just seems backwards that we're going to make one compulsory that people will barely use, and we're going to say, well, you can subsidise everybody else's, uh, but then something that is going to directly help us, we're saying, yeah, yeah, you don't have to contribute if you don't want to, but that's just a good example of how backward this country is. We're not real serious about people taking control of their shit, but you are, and I want you to be, and I need to step into that, and I need to practice what I preach and do the same thing, right? And go, well, fuck, like something seems broken here. What can I do to get back in control of that? And we know from prior lessons that Kiwis are behind on their savings for retirement, but it's one of those things that we just sweep under the carpet, and we know that the average balance for Kiwi saver is around $30,000, and that's not going to go very far in retirement. We can say, oh, yeah, but you know, we've only been new to that and all that sort of thing. Like, yep, and the balances of the average are, are higher as you get older. Those things are all correct, but the average across the entire country is 30 k Like, how far is 30 k going to go in the form of a retirement? And I'd say most people probably don't even know what their KiwiSaver balance is. I do a monthly review of all of my finances, my assets, my liabilities. I've taught you about that before. I think you should be doing that monthly. And I have a look at what my KiwiSaver balance is and I just keep an eye on it. And so there's at least 12 times a year where I'm checking that to just to go, where am I at? And it gets me thinking about doing these things like, you know, am I happy with that balance? Well, what about compared to the average? And well, I'm not average. So then why the fuck am I looking at average? Or maybe I should be aiming for triple the average. And that's where my mind goes to because I, I have told myself, like I, I don't want to be average. I don't want to be the median Kiwi, the average Kiwi. That's a decision that I've made in my life. That's not for everyone. I'm not saying that's what you need to do as well, but that is who I am. So then I'm like, well, why am I looking at the average balance? You know, what's my target? Should it be two or three times? Like, then I have to figure that out. When you make a decision not to be something, then you get to decide what do you want to be? And I've made a decision not to be average. So then I get to start thinking about, well, what does Luke aim for? And often I think about myself as, okay, can I get to the 1%? Well, then what is the top 1% of KiwiSaver balances in my age bracket, for instance? And and that is where my brain goes to. And so that's why I think it's important to, A, try and figure out who you are, where you're going, but also remind yourself of where you're going to end up with the current decisions that you are making. So maybe that's uh, going to get you thinking as well. But you should know what your KiwiSaver balance is, and you should be looking at that, You know, not all the time, but just have some understanding and do some of these exercises, at least do this sort of annually. Now, I went looking into balances per age bracket and took that took me further down a rabbit hole of using an online calculator to predict my balance by the time I got to 65. And I sort of thought in my head, I was like, fuck, this is going to be squillions. And I keyed in a pretty high income that I'd be making, and I sort of thought, I don't know if I'm going to make that all the way to 65. Like, I just don't know what life has in store for me. But I thought, okay, I'll key that in, and I'll key in my current balance. And... I'm like, what the hell? Where's the rest of it? What's happened here? And I'm like, oh, the calculator must be broken. And so I changed some things around. I'm like, oh, okay, like maybe not. Um, So what I did then, I was looking at how much I could spend each week until the money runs out. And the ASB KiwiSaver calculator even lets you factor in superannuation payments. It says, do you want to factor these in? The sorted calculator lets you factor in inflation. And it's just, it really gets you thinking. And it gets you thinking about things that you probably would never have thought about before. 
Now, when running some calculations, I wasn't overly impressed with the figure that I saw, and I don't, um, I don't even know what the value of money is going to be in 30 years' time or over 30 years' time when I'm actually eligible to access my cash, right? But I've, I've learned one thing along my financial journey, and it is that money gives you options, and that is, I think, the key to, to this. And so when I was convincing myself, like, Luke, do you really need to do this, mate? You know, you're investing elsewhere. You're going to build assets. You're, the path you're on, your retirement should be pretty sweet. You don't want to rely on KiwiSaver for your retirement. You know, I'm, I'm having this conversation with myself. I'm like, do I really need to be doing this? Do I need to be contributing more? Um, and then I'm like, Luke, you remember when you had no money and you had no options. Your back would be against the wall. You'd find ways to get out of problems with debt and blah, 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 blah. Then you remember once you have some money, what could you do? Oh, yeah, that would give me options. And I'm like, okay, here's the lesson. Let's, you, you have no reason not to contribute more at the moment. So why don't we do it for a bit? And l- let's find out later in life what options we have. And it could be donated all to charity. It could be uh, I'm dead and someone else is going to inherit it. It could be I could do cooler shit in my retirement that I never thought possible because I look back and it was actually contributing more. Like I just don't know. But I what I do know is that when I have had access to cash, it has given me options, whether that be, oh, I can now pay for this treatment of my teeth. I can go to the dentist. I'm not scared to go to the dentist because I'm like, fuck, what is that going to cost me? I am going there and... I'm probably going to go back in six months' time. It's not like, I wonder how many months I can dodge the dentist for before one of my teeth falls on the ground and I'm like, shit, I really should have gone. You know what I'm talking about? We've all been there, right? And now, once you once you start to, um, to stack some money and build up an emergency fund and stuff, you, you approach life differently. I'm like, oh, geez, the dentist reckon I'm due a checkup. Like, oh, well, there's the two reminders I've missed for the last two years is now like, okay, I'll book that in and I'll actually go. Yeah, it still sucks going to the dentist and every time I'm like, are you, sorry mate, uh, how much did you say that costs? Like, oh yeah, yeah, sweet. Jeepers, creepers. Uh, but money gives you options, right? And that is the concept that I was rolling through my head when I thought, no, I'm actually going to do this and I'm going to pull uh, the trigger. So yes, I may not be able to touch this money for some time, but that is the whole point. It's for savings for me, right? Now, many people see a mortgage as a form of forced savings account as you have no choice but to make your repayments. And that is one thing I did enjoy about owning a home was that I was forced to kind of save money, right? Because you've got to pay that mortgage back and that was chipping down equity or creating equity, sorry, and chipping down the debt. And it was forcing me to actually save money. So I I was building up equity or net worth assets minus liability. Now, saving for our retirement has still been introduced to most of us is is mostly voluntary, isn't it? KiwiSave is voluntary. A lot of people don't even contribute. Um, but by encouraging myself to increase my contributions today, I'm giving my future self more options. I don't know what those are yet, but money will give me options and that's what I want. Further to that, these four savings will look good to the bank when slash if I go to borrow as I'll be able to explain that if I was, I'm sorry, I'll explain that this is a lever that I can pull by stopping those extra contributions to focus on debt repayments should I need to. So what that means is that say I go to borrow to buy a property or something they would say, hey, what's this $100 a week payment or whatever I set it up to be, like might be monthly or something. Um, let's just, yeah, I'm just using round figures for you. I say, well, look, that's just contribution to KiwiSaver. It's voluntary. And they could go, oh, great, that's actually money. I think I said, what was I going to say, 100 So say I said it was 100 bucks a week. That's $100 a week that you could be paying off debt. Cool, that's a lever that I can kind of pull and say, well, I could stop doing that and that's going to allow me to be able to repay my mortgage and, and whatever, right? So it's kind of a good habit rather than a bad habit of, oh, 
what's that hundred dollars? Oh, that's um a place called Doctor Rudy. He's like, oh, why do you go to the doctor every weekend? Oh, yeah, look, you know, I've got a few issues I'm trying to work through. Yeah, okay. So those of you who live in Auckland will know that uh, Doctor Rudy's is in fact a pub in the Viaduct. I've done this to give my future self options and to use advantage. Uh, use the advantage of compounding, given I have decades to ride the market as well. So what I know is that if I put this money in here, I can't get it out. So then it's stuck and it's going to ride the market for over three decades. Like that kind of gets me excited too and it doesn't take me much to get excited but that is exciting for a accountant okay and I thought maybe I should just put a lump sum in and just try and bump up the balance and let that ride out but I'm just buying into the market week to week because it's kind of going the other way so I'm sort of buying on the way down then I'll be buying on the way up and hopefully that'll balance out uh, until I decide that meh maybe I don't want to make these voluntary contributions anymore like I don't know but this is just what I'm doing at the moment so I'm just telling you and I just thought I'd share this experience and turn this into a money mail and I'm not suggesting that you need to do the same as me but I do want you to think about the fact that here in New Zealand it's voluntary to contribute to KiwiSaver and many people don't contribute at all why or sorry no who are these people leaving their retirement plans in the hands of that, that's the question that I have is who like who's going to pay for KiwiSaver uh, sorry for retirement for people and I think you know the answer, but the country, you know, we don't have an abundance of cash. So there's going to, like, this is just going to create more divide where people who contribute for KiwiSaver and get there and have a nice, comfortable retirement, they're going to be resented by the people who didn't contribute and are like, oh, fuck them, you know, like, easy for you, oh, you're privileged, like, that, you know, all the same shit. It's all going to be coming out. And which side of that do you want to be on, you know? Do you, do you want to look back and go, shit, I knew I probably should have been doing something about that. Uh, or do you want to kick it down the road like 20s, Luke? He was like, nah, worry about that, 30s. Worry about that in my 40s. But then you get to closer to your 30s and you're like, oh, wow, okay. Uh, I probably should have started this sooner. Have you heard that before? Of course you have. So it doesn't matter what age you are. Just start thinking about some of these things in the future because it's not encouraged to do in New Zealand. Like literally, retirement, saving for your retirement is voluntary. Oh, do you, you can contribute if you want. If you do, we'll give you $500 a year as well, uh, but that's kind of the only incentive. Oh, great. Oh, we'll get your employer to kick in as well. We'll, we'll, we'll push it uh, onto them to do, to try and uh, encourage the amount of people that will do it. But yeah, you don't have to if you don't want to. Well, okie dokie. Like, just seems pretty weird, doesn't it, that we're not having a serious convo about, hey guys, you need to sort your shit out. You need to be saving for retirement. Um, but no, we're just like, oh, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, she'll be right, mate classic Kiwi mentality. So which one do you want to be? Who are these people leaving their retirement plans in the hands of? Like who knows? It's different for each of us, right? But even if you do contribute here in New Zealand, you only need to contribute 3% and your employer will do the same. Plus the government may kick in a maximum of $500.20 per year. It's about that. If we look across the ditch to Australia, it is compulsory and they are moving towards a minimum contribution of 12%. From July 2022, the superannuation guarantee rate, basically equivalent to our minimum KiwiSaver contribution rate, has increased to 10.5%, an increase of 0.5%. So it was 10%, it's moved to 10.5% in July 2022, and it'll increase a further 0.5% each year until it reaches 12% in 2025. What does Australia know that we don't? Why are they setting their citizens up for a less worrisome retirement than what we are prepared to do here in New Zealand. Now, I've had a couple of people, and I knew this would be the case, a couple of people have messaged me and said, hey, I think you've missed the point. Uh, In Australia, their superannuation is on top of their income. Well, is it on top of their income, or is it just such a large amount that when you price a job, you say, well, what am I getting 
outside of my superannuation because you're never going to see that 10 or 12%, right? So if you say, all right, I'm going to go work for Coles. Uh, Coles are going to put 10% into your superannuation. They have to. That's going to be 12%. You're not going to be like, oh, hey, what's my total pa- my total salary? What are you going to care about? Hey, how much am I fucking going to get paid each week? I don't care about my, key, like my superannuation shit because that's too far away. So I think what's happened there, like this is just my guess, is that like how human psychology would work is that people look at it and go, oh, yeah, superannuation's on top of the income. Well, no, like that's still the total cost to employ you, but people still want to know, well, what am I getting paid? Because that's the amount that I'm going to live off. You're not like, yeah, great, what's my total salary package here? You're more interested in what you're going to be getting. But the key thing here is like, let's not take away from how people are thinking. It's going to be 12%, compulsory. Yo, 12% straight into putting it aside for your retirement. Now, that is a grunty amount. They are forcing their citizens to contribute four times what we are currently set as a minimum rate, but ours is then voluntary as well. Which country do you think is going to win in terms of looking after their citizens for retirement? Yep, you're right, Australia, not New Zealand. So you've got to look at that and go, hmm, what am I missing here? What could I be doing differently? That, that sounds like they know something that we don't. And arguably they've been doing this shit for a lot longer. Why are they increasing it and making it compulsory? Versus here, we're going, ah, you know, you don't have to if you don't want to. And apparently they're going to go away from paying out superannuation. Now, that's probably where we'll get to as well. All I'm saying is that maybe you want to think, you know, about the setting that we have in New Zealand and go, should I think differently? is 3% actually going to get me to a comfortable retirement? And that's why I say run those calculations, like have a play with this and have a look at it and figure it out and go, hmm, you know, what's where's this taking me to? And I speak about this previously. I talk about looking at the vehicle that you are in as a vehicle to wealth and to your goals and is it taking you to your destination you want to get to? In Australia, they're obviously thinking way bigger and that should be a good wake-up call for us to go, huh, okay, Maybe just because I get told 3% is the minimum and it's voluntary that they that may not set me up well for the retirement that I want. So just have your own thoughts about it. Now I know as well that a lot of people won't be able to contribute further at the moment due to the cost of living and now interest rates are going up as well. So I understand that and that's why it's a quite a weird time to put out an article like this. People be like, what the fuck? Like how am I going to contribute more, mate? Like I can't. Um, so all I'm saying is if you can, maybe you can consider this or remember this for a future time when it may be possible for you, i.e. when someone with a student loan no longer needs to pay their student loan back and they get 12% of their income back, what are you going to do this with this cash? You were forced to pay 12% back on your student loan and now you get to choose what to do with that extra cash. And this is where Keep the Change is amazing because I got the last email I saw before I went to bed last night was someone saying, wow. I'm literally about to clear my student loan and this has made me think, huh, maybe instead of just blowing that 12% that I've been excited to get, maybe I should look to increase my contribution towards my retirement and do something that's going to be meaningful for my future. How good is that? So this piece of content has spoken exactly to somebody that's got them thinking and gone, yeah, maybe, just maybe I should do that instead of doing dumb shit with the 12% that I'm about to get back. Or maybe... 
you're about to clear some consumer debt that you've been repaying. You might be repaying a credit card or you buy now, pay later. You might pay, you know, you might pay 25, 50 bucks a week to that and you think, oh, that's great. Like, I get to have all this shit. Well, maybe once you tidy that stuff up, the following week could be the week that you consider increasing what you contribute towards your retirement now. And, and now that your debt's cleared, you can actually afford to do that. So perhaps it's time to think about your retirement more seriously. Every one of the KiwiSaver providers, they will let you make voluntary contributions. I just literally pay into a bank account of the KiwiSaver provider that I use, and I use a reference that matches it up, and I can see when I log into the KiwiSaver portal, I can see that money going in as well, so it's working, and it is doable, but you could say to your employer, could you please up the rate that you are having taken out of your income as well, your wages, it's completely up to you how you do it, but maybe just have a think about that, and remember that you know we've got Black Friday coming up, and that is not very far away. Uh, I think it's, well, it's kind of like, I thought it was a Friday, but it seems to be a week these days. And there'll be a lot of people who will, they will, um, you know, they'll spend easily 600 bucks on Black Friday specials, but they won't think, well, maybe, maybe I should just increase my KiwiSaver contribution by $10 a week, so $520 for the year, say, but they'll happily just blow 500 bucks on Black Friday specials. So think about compounding income over time and, and investments over time as well. So for the next seven days, we're all going to get bombarded with Black Friday specials and people won't think twice about buying. But when it comes to saving for retirement, we will kick that down the road and say that we have plenty of time to sort it. So your homework, I want you to have a think about is what is your KiwiSaver balance? Do you actually know what that is? Use the sorted tool to predict your KiwiSaver balance at 65. Be mindful of these calculators too. They're all different, so they all kind of kick out different figures, and they all use different um, market rate returns as well. But check out the sorted.org.nz forward slash tools forward slash KiwiSaver dash calculator. Just search sorted KiwiSaver calculator on Google and you'll find it and have a play and figure out, okay, what does your KiwiSaver balance actually look like it's going to be? Now consider what percentage you currently contribute and why is it 3%? Is it the minimum? Like, why do you do that? Like, who, who taught you that? Like, I don't know. I, I did the minimum because I was um, trying to pay back debt and then I just never changed it. Just left it at three. Probably missed a decade where I could have been on four, five, six. Like, I don't know. Um, why did you pick your rate? Think about these things. And can you potentially change your lifestyle to contribute 1% further, 2%, 4%? Like, I don't know. You know, just for each of us, think about what it is that we want and then where are we going? What's this calculator telling us? What changes could you make? And, and which ones are you actually going to do? Have you used a calculator to see how long you could last in retirement with your savings as well? That's quite interesting. Um, also, this next seven days, notice the seven days of Black Friday sales and how many of them suck you in. Maybe just think about how much you spend on Black Friday versus actually contributing towards your retirement and your future. As always, these emails are designed to get you thinking you are one of over 6,600 recipients. Do you know someone you could share this with? Please put something on your social media or give this a five-star review on Spotify. That would mean a lot to me. Did you know from a survey of 1,000 people over the age of 50, one in five do not feel financially secure? So 20% of the people surveyed that are over the age of 50 do not feel financially secure. And only 1 in 10 feel very secure, whilst 1 in 4 worry about money at least weekly. Now, I think this is where these surveys get a little bit weird because it's only 1,000 people. It's people over age of 50. I'm not discounting these people's work, but do you feel financially secure? Everyone is going to have a different feeling 
of what financially secure means and one in 10 feel very secure, like feeling very secure, like maybe you don't need much and you just feel like you're a weapon and that gives you security. So then your way you answer a question like that would be different. But anyway, one in four worry about money. I guess that's kind of scary. One in 25% of people over the age of 50 worry about money at least weekly. That's a lot of mental capacity getting chewed up. What have I taught you about worry? I've taught you that 90% of your thoughts each day, each week, each month, are the same as the day, week, month before. So we continue to think about the same things that we think about, that we continue to think about last month, that we're thinking about the month before. And 80% of all those thoughts are going to be negative as well. If you can tidy up the shit that's worrying you, oh, you can grow so much faster. Because most people will never be able to do that. They won't get that concept. But you should always write down the things that worry you or you continue to worry about, you continue to think about, if they're specifically, if they're around financial shit, write those things down, because you will be able to solve some of them, you just don't know how yet, but when you write it down, it gives you an option to then go, right, what am I going to do with this, take note of what your worry is, use it to your advantage, we do not get taught that, we just get taught that we worry, 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 you're a worry wart, like all this bullshit, worry can be very good for us, it's pointing us in the direction of the shit we need to tidy up. We slowly tidy that stuff up and then we get to move, make progress going forward. The act of making a decision can be just as valuable for you as achieving the outcome. To give you a financial example, you're really worried about your credit card. We don't keep thinking about that. We write that down. Then we write down on a piece of paper, how am I going to sort out this credit card? Then we go on that journey. We start YouTubing. How do other people do it? We start asking some friends if we're, if, you know, if we're brave enough. We're Googling it. We're trying to figure it out. We're ringing the bank if we're brave enough. Hey, how could I sort out this credit card? How much is it to start with? Hmm, maybe I want to do it over a year. Okay, cool. How am I going to do that? I'm going to need X amount of income. How much spare do I have each, each pay? Well, not much at the moment. Okay, what can I do about that? Well, we can work on that. What shit do I have around the house that I could sell? Oh, yeah, if I sell all of that, I might make 500 bucks. That can clear one-tenth of the credit card, for instance, now down to 4,500, like whatever. But your brain will start taking you down a path of solving what was the worry. In your head, fuck, my credit card. So get the worry out of your head and actually slowly work through it. And the decision to deal with that worry can be just as valuable to you as the day when that credit card is no longer a worry because you've paid it off and you've cut it up. So make a decision to attack your worry and that will mean that it's one less thing for your brain to continue to think about and continue to worry about. So deal with your shit is basically the summary, right? And you're no different to anybody else, to me having to do it, to your partner, to your mum, your dad, to your kids, whatever. We're all hardwired to do this shit, right? And it's our brain trying to help us cope but we spend so much mental rent, what I like to call mental rent, thinking about shit that could actually be solved if we just had a formula. So don't let worry ruin your life. Try and practice ways to beat up worry and get in control of it. That has been another episode of Money Mail. Some real gems in there. I'll keep you posted along the way of how increasing my KiwiSaver contributions has gone. And, and you know, I will let you know if I change this as well. There will be some stage where I decide I don't want to do this anymore and I'll give you that side of the journey too. Be good out there. We'll see you next week. Keep learning. Look after yourself in these weird financial times. I was in a 
Bible told us every girl was sour. Don't flee in a garden and don't smell her flower. Call me Mr. Carter or Mr. Lawn Mower. Boy, I got so many bitches like I'm Mike Lowry. Even when stuff on me, see she couldn't doubt me. Motherfucker, I say life ain't shit without me. Chrome lips poking out the poop look like it's pouting. I do what I do and you do what you can do about it. Bitch, I'll turn a crack rock into a mountain. Damn me, don't you compare me, cause there ain't nobody near me. They don't see me, but they hear me. They don't feel me, but they fear me. I'm ill at it.